Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. It's that time again, and you should know who this is. This is Tyler Sheft, and this week, I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Yep, that's right. This week, I wanted to come at you alone, and this is a topic that is something that I'm pretty well versed on, and I thought, well, let's give Mike a Christmas break. He's probably home with his new wife, enjoying life in Colorado, out there in the cold climate, dealing with the snow. I wanted to come to you this week and kind of wrap up our 2023 and talk about a topic that I think is going to make some major changes in the real estate industry uh, in the next couple of years, starting with this year. It's actually already kicked in. Now, what I'm talking about is the NAR, the National Association of Realtors, lawsuit regarding buyer representation. Now, I know what you're saying, Tyler, I'm not a realtor. This doesn't apply to me, but it absolutely does apply to you. If you're thinking about buying or selling real estate, this may have an impact on you and it likely will have some sort of an impact on you at some point. Now, with that said, you know, one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is that there's a silver lining. There may be, this may create some opportunity in the marketplace for us investors. Now, as you guys know, I am a licensed realtor in the state of Florida. Uh, although I don't do it full time, uh, I do enough to be paying attention to this stuff. And when, my, when I put my investor hat on, I'm definitely paying attention to things like this because it, there is an opportunity for us to see some upside out of these decisions. First of all, one of the things that's going to happen is it's going to create, and it already has started creating, a major upset in the real estate market, in the industry. In other words, uh, realtors are scared, and they probably should be, because uh, this class action policy is is kind of opening up a big can of worms. And it's one of those things where, careful what you wish for, you may start to see other in maybe unplanned situations cropping up from this. Number one, sellers, you know, a lot of people, here's the thing you got to think about. There are lots of people out there that want to sell their home by themselves. And and I can kind of see that something like this was coming down the road a couple of years ago. And basically what it came down to is I had a client, I've had several clients that want me to sell their home as an exclusive, meaning they they would like to put it on the MLS so it goes out to Zillow and all that stuff, but they really don't want uh, to put it out to the masses. In other words, doing it off market. And that's because, frankly, they figured out that people will pay more, believe it or not, for a house that's off market, that's thought to be off market. So one of the strategies that we've done in the past is we've intentionally left it out of the MLS, which creates a kind of a buzz. And I would advertise it on Facebook, off market opportunity. People lose their mind. Oh my gosh, it's off market. That means I'm going to get a great deal. Kind of the same thing that happens when you say, oh, it's a foreclosure house. People will bid like crazy and wind up paying retail for a broken down foreclosure house because of the perception that because it's a foreclosure, or in this case, because it's off market, that it's a deal. And guys, that is not even remotely accurate in most cases. And I can prove this mathematically in the two markets that I work in, which is the Tampa Bay area and the Key West real estate market, when a property sells off-market, it almost always sells for more money than it would if it went on the MLS. That's because people think that they're getting a great deal just because it's off-market, so keep that in mind. Now, the the case name, if you want to research it, it's called Moral, M-O-E-H-R-L, versus the NAR, National Association of Realtors. Now, this is a class action lawsuit, and they're alleging that NAR, which is the National Association of Realtors, Police uh, policies force home sellers to offer commission to a buyer's agent. That's true. Uh, when listed in the MLS. In other words, the rule used to be 
up until about a week ago that if a property was listed in the MLS, there had to be a an offer of commission. So in this case, I'm the listing agent working for the seller. When I enter into my contract with the seller, right in that listing agreement, it says, uh, in my case, Future Home Realty, uh, will is authorized by the seller to offer blank percent to the buyer's agent. Now, in the last couple of years, it used to always be 3% to the buyer's agents. It used to be. And over the last couple of years, I don't know if it's that listing agents have gotten weak or maybe they've just gotten greedy or what the situation is, but the buy, the offering to the buyer's agent has gone down. And I've seen properties where if you're a buyer's agent in Tampa Bay, they're only offering like 1% or a half a percent or 1.5% instead of the traditional three. Now, in some cases, that's probably going right into the listing agent's pocket. In other cases, the seller they've offered the seller a discount on the total commission and then passed the savings on to the person bringing the qualified buyer. Now, I've got mixed emotions on this this whole thing because I, I do believe there's a place. I believe everybody should ha- should be able to have representation if they want it. That said, I don't think representation should be forced upon people either. I don't need a buyer or a realtor to represent me. I already know what I'm doing. Mike, same thing. He knows what he's doing. He doesn't need a buyer's agent. Um, when I sell a property, I prefer to only represent the seller, which means if you're buying a property and I'm the listing agent, I'm not going to give you any help as the buyer's as the buyer. I'm just f- going to represent the seller. Um, that way, I'm doing the best I can to represent my client instead of playing monkey in the middle. Okay. Now, uh, the antitrust concerns that come along with this lawsuit. The plaintiffs are arguing that the rule, this rule that they talk about the MLS, reduces competition between buyer's agents, making it harder for discount brokerages or agents operating on a, operating on a lower commission structure to attract clients. Basically, what the, the argument is, is that, hey, if you're forcing uh, commissions to be put into the MLS, the agents are going to choose which properties to show based on what the commission percentage is, which is true. That happens every day. You put a listing, if you have a 3% listing, and a 1% listing side by side, and the buyer wants to see both properties, the agents will find ways not to show the 1.5% listing because they're only going to make half the money. I've been using this strategy to my seller's advantage for years. What we will do is we offer between 3 and 4% to the buyer's agent. That way, we are the best paying listing in the marketplace. That way, every agent in town is fighting over each other to show my property first. So we get the most amount of eyes. That creates a bidding war, and off you go. And, you know, if you're the low, if you're the guy that has the 1% listing or one and a half percent to the buyer's agent listing in anywhere near where I have a listing, you're going to have crickets going on until my property gets under contract. Hey, you know, too bad, so sad. You should have discounted your commission. That's my feelings on the topic. Um, So I'm going to read to you an excerpt of the case background so you can kind of get clear on this. And then we're going to talk about how it affects you. It says on March 6, 2019, Cohen Milstein and co-counsel filed a punitive antitrust class action lawsuit in U.S. District Court in Illinois on behalf of home sellers who paid a broker commission to the, in the last four years in connection with the sale of a residential property listed in one of 20 multiple listing services, one of 20, okay? Well, my M, one of my MLSs anyway, the Tampa Bay uh, Stellar Regional MLS, my Florida Regional MLS, is one of the ones that's listed in the lawsuit. Plaintiffs, it says, home sellers who listed their homes on one of the 21 MLSs bring this action to the NAR and the the four largest national real estate brokerage franchises, which is Keller Williams, uh, Remax, a couple others, for conspiring to require home sellers to pay the broker representing the buyer of their homes 
and paying and pay at an inflated amount in violation of federal antitrust laws. I'm not sure I necessarily agree with that. Uh, I do in some part. Yes, they are fo- forcing them, the seller, to offer a competitive commission or a commission if it's in the MLS. But the amount is something that's always been a point of negotiation. Uh, that goes on to say, plaintiffs allege that defendants' conspiracy has centered around NAR's adoption and implementation of a mandatory rule that requires all brokers to make a blanket, non-negotiable offer of buyer-broker compensation. I don't agree with that. The buyer-broker agreement uh, commission is always negotiable. I can call any listing agent in town and say, hey, Jimmy, I see you're offering 1.5%. Before I show this to my buyer, I need 3% to consider uh, to, to work on this listing, are you willing to pay 3%? And sometimes they say no, and sometimes they say yes, okay? So it is absolutely negotiable. I don't necessarily agree with this part. When listing a property MLS, most MLSs are controlled by NAR associations. Access to such MLSs is conditioned on the brokers following all mandatory rules set forth in NAR's handbook on the multiple listing policy, which is true, very true. The conspiracy plaintiffs allege, has saddled home sellers with a cost that would be borne by the buyer in a competitive market. Well, I don't believe that's true, and here's why. The only person that really pays the real estate commission at the end of the day is the buyer, because they're paying the end of the day price. So you got a property on the market for 500000 That's because the seller probably wants around four fifty or four seventy-five. He's automatically added, or she, the, the agent's commission on top of that, so that their net is where they want it to be. That's how it works. It's not that the seller's really paying the commission here. The buyer is paying the commission. That's my belief. Now, there are agents out there that will tell you, oh, if you work with me as a buyer's agent, you don't have to pay me anything. I'm already paid by the seller. It's like, well, if that's the case, you've just hired somebody that is technically working for the other side. That's why I always laugh when people say that. It's like, so you're going to hire the enemy to represent you in a transaction? That doesn't make sense. Um, But it says the mandatory buyer-broker commission rule ensures that price competition amongst buyer-brokers is restrained because the person retaining the buyer-broker, the buyer, does not negotiate pay or his or her broker's commission. Well, what they fail to mention is the buyer can at any time choose to pay their agent directly if they want to. Nobody ever does because they don't want to have to write a check for it. They just would rather have it financed in with the deal. so these are all things, guys, that are points of negotiation, okay? Uh, it goes on to say that the broker commissions were 25 to 3%, which all, you know, blah, blah, blah. It goes into the different MLSs. And I found this on Cohen Milstein's uh, legal website, law, form, law firm's website, which just came out from a Google search. Well, this is a class action lawsuit, which means technically this lawsuit represents indirectly millions of American homebuyers who, what they claim, have paid an inflated commission due to NAR's rules. That's interesting. I find that really interesting. Potential damages could be in the billions of dollars, okay? Billions. And I am here to tell you that some of the big brokerages like Keller Williams and Remax and a couple others have already started to uh, make settlement agreements and basically bend the knee and cave to these lawsuits. Well, that's dangerous because that could eliminate the whole idea of buyer agency or buyer brokerage. And the downside of that is to the person that doesn't need one, no big deal. Great. Bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you in the ass. But to the person that's not good at negotiating on their own behalf, that means they now are going to have to compensate their own agent, which that's probably how it should be. But the reality of it is a lot of people are buying houses these days or any days 
have very little cash. And the cash they do have, they use for a down payment on the house. Now they'd have to put even more money into the deal to get the deal done because they have to pay the buyer's agent out of their own pocket. Uh, They won't be able to finance it into the deal. Now, if the mortgage industry could get on board with allowing them to add the commission to the deal, provided the house appraises, then that's going to overcome that situation. But, you know, here's the thing. What brought this forward is agents don't bring, real estate agents, in my opinion, do not bring enough value to the equation in most cases. I'm saying that I am a real estate agent. But then again, I bring huge value to the marketplace when I'm representing a buyer or a seller, primarily a seller, because I am very, very skilled at negotiating. I don't take no for, I mean, I don't take no for an answer. And when it comes to maintaining a seller's equity, I am a bulldog. I will make sure that seller gets top dollar for their real estate 100% of the time. No one is pulling the wool over my client's uh, eyes. It's just not going to happen. So if this happens, what's going on here is a lot of real estate platforms, discount brokerages, flat fee agencies, where they'll basically charge, you know, 500 bucks. You can list your property in the MLS. That has drawn a, basically shined a light on the industry as a whole. When, you know, why is one guy paying six to 8% for a listing and the other guy's paying 500 bucks? Well, the one thing could be said is the level of quality and representation. Ask Mike, for example. I sold Mike's house. I was Mike Marino's realtor. Mike got over $100,000 more than his property was probably worth because of my skill in negotiating. And I charged him accordingly for that. He paid me a higher than what you call average listing commission. I've been doing it that way for years. And I use a portion of that commission to, to use paid ads on Facebook and Instagram to bring more buyers to the table. So is that mean it's a higher fee? Yes. Does it mean a higher sales cost to the seller? Absolutely. But who's paying the bill? The buyer is. Mike didn't care. Mike paid me an extra, I don't know, five, 10 grand to sell his house over some discount realtor, but he got $100,000 out of that investment. That's a pretty good turnaround. If he was here, he'd tell you, hell yeah, he'd do that all over again. So what you're going to see is that uh, buyers are going to be start to become very cost conscious. Now, what'll be interesting is to see if they notice the closing costs on mortgages because mortgage brokers make an amount similar to what a realtor does on commission. They put 1%, 2%, 3% on the closing costs and they've got a lot of junk fees on there and the title companies are always adding a couple thousand dollars of junk fees. You ever want to save yourself several thousand dollars Go through your closing disclosure and see if there's a overnight uh, wire fee, if there's a FedEx fee. You know, these title companies, they have a, a deal with the FedEx and UPS where overnight letters cost them five bucks. They charge you 50. Technically, it's illegal for them to mark that up. Food for thought. And I know it's only $50, but, you know, you do a lot of transactions. That adds up to, could add up to a couple thousand dollars in a year real easy. So think about that. Um, a lot of media attention lately on that rising housing costs. And this is the the feel-good way of trying to make that problem go away. I mean, the, the jury's out. I don't really know if this is going to help or hurt. I think it's going to probably hurt more than will help because I believe that the majority of Americans probably need good representation. Next question becomes, what's good representation? Let's be honest. Any knucklehead can get a real estate license. You don't have to be a a, a rocket scientist to get a real estate license. Heck, I have one. But seriously. You don't have to be too bright to get a real estate license. Literally almost anybody, if you can read and write, you can get a real estate license. And I bet you probably don't even have to be a U.S. citizen. So it's not a very highly skilled 
a situation in general. The exam is, in my opinion, easy. It doesn't really focus on anything that matters in the real estate space. You still come out clueless. You just generally know how to not wind up in realtor jail. That's about it. So the Department of Justice, as of 2020, is now involved in this whole thing. Now, they've been, they've been in it. Um, and, you know, the DOJ, oh boy, who knows what's going to go on there. So here's the couple scenarios that could play out. If the National Association of Realtors loses their court battle, they could overturn the buyer broker commission rule, giving sellers more flexibility in how they offer commission to the buyer's agents. I can tell you in my local MLS, what's happened is they now allow you to put a listing in the MLS with 0% buyer agency commission. And lots of, of listing agents have jumped on the bandwagon. Now, the question really remains, are you doing your seller a disservice? Because if I see one in there with zero commission, I'm going for the juggler. I'm going to make sure that seller gets the hell beat out of them, figuratively, not literally, price-wise. You know, we are in a shifting market. It is not necessarily a seller's market anymore. It's not necessarily a buyer's market either. We're kind of somewhere in the middle right now with interest rates the way they are. So people better be careful because somebody like me, I see that. It's like, I'm going to gouge that out of you no matter what. Um, that said, most of my buyers pay cash and in most cases, and I've always been able to collect my commission no matter what from my buyer. And frankly, I would rather prefer to do it that way because if I'm representing the buyer, that's really who should be paying me. Uh, I used to do a professional negotiating service years ago where I would rep I would negotiate on your behalf, uh, for large ticket purchases, cars, you name it, ATVs, boats, houses. And I would get a percentage of what I saved you. In other words, I knock 10 grand off. You give me 2,500, you still save 7,500. It's either that or you can just pay 10 grand more. Given that decision, lots of people just decided to go ahead and give me a, a bump uh, for the negotiation. Off we go. So uh, this could lead to increased competition and possibly lower commission rates for buyers, which means now the realtors are going to get a huge commission cut. They already have, but they're going to get an even bigger one which means more agents will wash out of the market, which frankly wouldn't be a bad thing, but um, it does impact the good agents. The guys that are out there, it, when the government starts getting involved and the court system starts getting involved in free enterprise, now you're opening up a can of worms. This doesn't even begin to get into wholesaling. I mean, think about wholesaling. If they're complaining about realtors that are doing things on the surface, imagine what these courts would, would get a hold of the wholesalers out there, where they're just injecting themselves into the equation snaking 10, 20, 30 grand out of the deal, moving on down the road. They don't have a license to maintain. They don't maintain any insurance, any liability. There's no training. There's no representation at all. And tens of thousands of dollars on, on a transaction is going right out the window. Now, scenario two, if NAR wins, then basically we would go status quo. I don't think that's going to be the case, to be perfectly honest with you. I think this is not even remotely over yet. And I think uh, my opinion is, is that the multiple listing service eventually will go away. One of the things that you that you maybe you don't know about the realtor gig, everybody thinks the MLS is like the holy grail of software. It's not. The MLS is only one of many different data feeds, okay? There are actually companies out there that provide data to the MLS, okay? Big, big CoreLogic is, is the biggest data aggregator in the country. CoreLogic it feeds the public record system. So if you want comparable sales data, or sold data, you can use CoreLogic services as a layperson. You can go on uh, anyone. You can go to cashflowguys.com forward slash data. You can sign up for PropStream. You get a free a trial on PropStream. That is the similar access to 
CoreLogic data. It's they connect directly with CoreLogic, so you could spend I don't know 100 bucks a month and get that access without having to rely on realtors. Uh, a lot of people don't realize that, but you can absolutely do that. The MLS isn't all it's cracked up to be. The MLS is basically an advertising venue. It's a place to market your properties. When an agent puts something in the MLS, it syndicates out to hundreds of websites all at once. That's really what it does. And they charge a fee for, to, for people to access that. You know, got people got to eat, whatever it, it is, what it is. However, that, that MLS, and here's one of the contentions of the lawsuit, that MLS comes up with lots of different rules. Like if you, I have to make a seller sign all this extra documentation simply for them to choose to keep their property off the MLS for a period of time. Like most recently, I had one where we did the paperwork, but the sellers, the house isn't ready yet. It's a bank foreclosure. The seller's getting a bunch of repairs done to the house, getting a new roof put on. So I have the contract in place. That's all done, but I'm not going to put on the MLS for a few weeks pending all these repairs to be done, permits have to be closed out, whatnot. So I have to do this whole song and dance with the seller to have them notify the MLS that they elect not to go live. See, that to me is an overreach. The board of realtors and the multiple listing service should have no control over a home seller, none whatsoever. But they try desperately to maintain some level of control, and that's what brings up these lawsuits. That's how you get yourself in trouble. So when you deal with a heavy hand, in which the MLSs do and the board of realtors do, National Association of Realtors does, this is the outcome of what you're going to see. I personally think that the National Association of Realtors is going to go away. Um, I hope it goes away. I think they've been overreaching for decades. I think they're unnecessary and they, they don't have a real place in today's society. I think they can be replaced by the data that's already there. We don't really need a bunch of realtors that can't sell, uh, creating legislation and regulations over those that do. That's how I feel. It's kind of like the people that suck at being realtors wind up volunteering for jobs at the board because they want power and they, they thrive for power. It doesn't mean they know jack diddly about selling real estate or sales at all. Instead, they want to try to legislate those that do, and I have a problem with that. I've always had a problem with that. So I frankly hope that the Board of Realtors goes away. And if you want, if you choose to hire me to represent you, then you need to write a check and pay me, and that's the way it should be. That way, the weak will go away. The people that are not good negotiators, frankly, if you're not a good negotiator, you don't have any business representing anybody because you suck at what you do. That's just the reality of things. You don't belong as a realtor if you're unskilled in negotiations. If you are not 100% behind representing the party that pays you only, then you don't belong in real estate. You're wasting time. Anybody can say, look how pretty those curtains are. It takes a rock star to save their client 100 grand or make their client 100 grand when they sell their home. These are the facts, guys. So 2024 is around the corner. Understand you do not need a realtor to sell your house. I've said that before, but it helps if the realtor is skilled in marketing. If the realtor is not skilled in marketing, then you definitely don't need that realtor selling your house. Only work with those that are masters at marketing that can get lots of eyes to your front door. I uh, just had a listing actually come up in Key West that got, got under contract in a very short period of time. Uh, you'll be impressed to see how much we got for that. Basically doubled the value for the seller in a very short year, a couple of years. And I got a few listings coming up here in the here after the first of the year. A couple things under construction. Uh, Mike and I have uh, one of our investment properties up for sale in Tarpet Springs, if you're interested in that. Uh, great little property, big, big property, uh, over 3,000 square foot. It's uh, great for somebody who wants to buy it, move in. And uh, there you have it, guys. So 
As always, if you want to see what we're up to, you want to catch one of our latest webinars where we talk about the different investment properties we're, we're looking at, what we're doing, our, our mindset and whatnot, you can always go to cashflowguys.com forward slash webinar, cashflowguys.com forward slash webinar, and catch up with our most recent webinar. Thanks a lot, guys. Hope you have a fantastic 2024, and I will literally catch up with you next year. That's only three days away. Have a great one, guys. Talk to you later. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to CashflowGuys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.